Welcome to a new season of Seasons with Sheena Joy podcast, where I walk with you through the different seasons in my life. We're now in summer! Before we go to our main topic, let me first share to you some random things. Because of the Omicron variant scare and the increasing number of COVID cases here in Metro Manila, I've been more conscious about my health and well-being more than ever. I'm religiously following the seven natural doctors such as Dr. Water by drinking at least one half glass every hour, Dr. Air by regularly breathing deeply during the day and also through yoga practice, Dr. Sleep at least eight hours daily without gadgets, 30 minutes to an hour before bedtime and after waking up, Dr. Exercise, Dr. Diet by eating healthy foods, Dr. Positive Energy, by reading the Bible and praying daily, first thing in the morning, and recently, Dr. Sun, by exposure to the morning sunshine at least 15 minutes daily before 10 a.m. Some of the benefits, according to Google, of soaking myself in the morning sun are it boosts the immune system, helps in weight loss, fights off depression, maintains strong bones, reduces stress, improves sleep, and longer life. Since I started my morning sun ritual this year, I felt happier and lighter physically and in terms of my daily mood. I don't easily get irritated and I also noticed that my skin looked less pale compared before. I am also into slow living and mindfulness. As I've shared in my previous episodes, I've been practicing being present or being in the now. Recently, I started following Simply by Christine in YouTube channel. She's a minimalist and a Christian, and I am learning a lot about slow living and mindfulness through her. Some of the practices for slow living and mindfulness that I do daily are being mindful of the sounds around me, reading books without my phone, walking and noticing the blue sky and varieties of leaves and flowers along the way, feeling the air as it kisses my face, and watching the sunset in the afternoon. I also intentionally turn off my mobile phone for my privacy. I'm also mindful about taking regular intentional breaks within the day just by staring at the clouds in my window. I have learned that moments of being unproductive or resting is totally okay, especially in this fast-paced world. Lastly, for the random things, I'm into Nescafe Dulce Gusto. One of my generous friends gifted me with this coffee machine using capsules or coffee pods. And definitely, my coffee is one of the things that I look forward to in the morning while doing my devotions. I really love the smell and the taste of freshly brewed coffee. However, among the downsides of using coffee pods are being expensive and non-environment friendly. It's pretty unsustainable since it uses plastic pods. That's why I'm looking for alternative such as reusable metal coffee pads and also ground coffee. Nonetheless, I am enjoying my cup of coffee daily because of this newly gifted Dulce Gusto Piccolo, thanks to my generous friend. Now, let's proceed with our main topic, how to face death without regrets. 
I'm sorry to end the summer season with the topic about death, but it was really how it ended. I believe that we can also glean some important lessons that I've learned during the first time I experienced the death of someone close to me, and that was my grandfather. I would say that I am one of the closest to our grandfather among all of his grandchildren. We call him Tatay. He looks strict and intimidating, that's why most of my cousins were hesitant to approach him. But since I grew up with my grandparents when Mama and Papa were OFWs, I personally was able to build a relationship with Tatay and was pretty comfortable to talk to him. In fact, I love listening to his stories about politics, Philippine history, his experiences during Japanese occupation, their love story, and his timeless jokes. I was privileged to see another side of Tatay who was funny and caring, far from how our other relatives perceived him. I usually kissed Tatay on the cheeks and hugged him tight whenever I visit their house. Modesty aside, I knew that he was proud of me because I am the only member of the clan who works in the government office. Ever since, Tatay was so passionate about government service and our country because he served as a barangay captain for two decades and also became one of the municipal councillors when he was elected as the vice president of the association of barangay chairman in our town. In fact, his name was engraved in the statue in front of our municipal hall and he has always been proud of it. That's why, since I worked for Senator Angara and now in BIR, he has always been curious about my stories and experiences in the government. Tatay literally became my father especially when my parents were away. Yes, he was far from being perfect, but I have witnessed how he was responsible for the whole clan. He was also a disciplinarian, but at the same time, reasonable. Tatay was a faithful steward of what was entrusted to him. When he retired from politics, he faithfully worked in his own farm. Growing up, we always saw him tilting the ground, planting various crops, and taking care of farm animals. Among our best childhood memories were because of Tatay. He usually stayed in the farm for several days and returned home with his carabao and carriage full of different harvests. There were lots of bananas, guavas, vegetables, chicken, eggs, and even fish for the whole clan to share with. It has always been a joy for him seeing his grandchildren scrambling over everything he brought home while all of us were curious about the surprise that awaited us in his carriage. He would always invite all of us to help him harvest some sweet potatoes, pineapple, peanuts, santol, calamansi, and St. Peter's fish. And since we are a huge clan, the harvest time has always been like a picnic for us. A time to gather together and enjoy what Tatay had worked hard for. I had never heard Tatay complain about being tired. Instead, he was faithful and fruitful. Tatay instilled to me the values of stewardship, hard work, and love for our country. Months before Tatay passed away, I delivered to him the good news that I got a two-year scholarship in Japan. He was so thrilled that I will be using a red passport 
and that the scholarship program was between the government of Japan and the government of the Philippines. He even teased me of replacing the commissioner of the BIR upon my return, which was, of course, far from reality. But that was one of the happiest that I have seen Tatay. He was so proud of his grandchild and he kept on mentioning it. Three months after, Tatay passed away. Little did I know that those were the last moments that I spent with him. Still, I am thankful for the opportunity that I had that two-week vacation and spent quality time with Tatay before he died. I made the most out of our final moments together. Since I knew that I was leaving for Japan, I kissed him a lot, talked long hours with him, and ate meals with him. It was my first experience of death of someone so dear and close to my heart, and I would say that it was really painful. The pain was beyond words. Death is a reality and all of us will face death whether we like it or not. And one of the realities of death is that it comes like a thief in the night. No one knows when our time or our loved one's time here on earth will end. These are three things that I think would help us face our own deaths or a death of a loved one without any regrets. Number one is make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I've shared it in my previous podcast that it is wise to maximize every day and opportunity that we have here on earth. Steve Jobs shared that he has always lived his days as if it were his last. That way, he is able to set his priorities right and do the things that will add value. I personally believe that I should do the same. I do not reserve for tomorrow things that I can do today such as forgiving someone or saying sorry telling the people that I love that I love them, giving generously or spending quality time by being fully present. Number two is accept the reality of death and prepare for it. One of my observations from deaths of my office mates was that they did not have any instructions to the family members left behind, especially in terms of finances. So what I do was to prepare my sort of a last will and update it from time to time. As silly as it may sound, personally, I think that it's wise and practical, so that in case of an untimely death, my family have the information how to access all my bank accounts, my email, passwords, etc. There are also specific instructions regarding contact persons related to my insurances and claims in the office, as well as signed blank checks and forms for my family to be able to withdraw some investments. And number three, receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior or ask your loved ones to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. There are only two destinations that we have in eternal life. It's either heaven or hell. The truth is we can only make a choice while we are alive. There's no middle ground such as purgatory where our souls are believed to wander. No prayers or indulgence will take us to heaven. It is a personal choice that we have to make while we are still here on earth. Once we die, we lose the opportunity to make that choice. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If there are other means to gain salvation, 
Why would there be a need for God to become a man and die on the cross for our sins? If there are other ways, why did Jesus need to come here on earth? The death of my grandfather was painful, but I had hope that he was in a better place, not because of his own good works, but because he accepted Jesus Christ while he was alive, and he put his faith on Jesus' finished work on the cross. That's why I am 101% sure that he is already in heaven. I personally do not fear death, even the death of my parents or my brother, because I am sure that we have all personal relationship with Jesus. And the written word of God says in John 5 verse 24, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. This is our assurance. Jesus is our only passport to heaven. So those are the three practical things that I think would help us face our own deaths or death of a loved one without any regrets. Number one is to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Number two is to accept the reality of death and prepare for it. And lastly, to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior or ask your loved ones to receive Him as their Lord and Savior. Now, let's proceed with our verse for this episode. Our verse for this episode is in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 55 to 57. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The verse says that the sting of death is in our sins. Most of us are afraid to die because we will receive the eternal punishment in hell for our sins. But the verse also says that through Jesus Christ, we have the victory over death because Jesus paid the penalty for all of our sins. As I have shared in point number three, Jesus is our only passport to heaven, not because of our own good works, but because Jesus finished the work on the cross. I hope that you learned something from this episode that will also add value to you. If you want to share with me your takeaways, feel free to contact me via Facebook Messenger at shinajoya-on. See you in the next episodes and see you in our next season. We will be in my favorite and happiest season, the spring. And always remember that you are loved. Thank you for listening. Bye!